You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. I'm Star-Lord. I formed the Guardians. Met a girl. Fell in love. And that girl died. But then she came back. <laughs> came back a total dick. Oh, please. He left out some important information, but... That is the gist of it. My sacred mission is to create the perfect society. He didn't want to make things perfect. He just hated things the way they are. you all to know that I am grateful to fight beside my friends. Incinerate them. <laughs> we were always searching for a family until we found each other. Are you ready for one last ride? Fly away together into the forever and beautiful sky. Whoever it was that you were in love with, it sounds more like her. Her? Do not bring me into this. (laughs) Knock it off! What? I just never noticed how black your eyes were. They were replaced by my father as a method of torture. He he picked a pretty set. Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, true believers, and welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. That's right, folks. We're back, and we are got a good one for you this time. We are looking at Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. That's right. The third one brought to you by James Gunn, of course, and the fine folks at Marvel. And it's going to be an interesting one to talk about tonight. I'm going to be very curious everyone's thoughts about it. So I've seen people say, it's the greatest movie I've ever seen. Other people is like, it was okay. So I'm going to be very curious where we fit into this one. And we got a great crew to talk all about this. Of course, you know, let's welcome, of course, our movie person, Ashley Pauls. Thank you for having me back. I love summer movie seasons. So I'm. it's always exciting to kick it off with a Marvel film. It is because we actually talked a lot about this one last week on the summer movie preview that we did. And if you haven't listened to it, folks, 
go back. It's right in the this episode before this one, so it's not hard to find, and it's a great one. We talked for quite some time about all the different summer movies, and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 was the big question mark for us, I think, in this one. So it's really, really interesting. Among We're, lots of other question marks. Oh, God, <laughs> this whole summer's a big question mark and everything. So it's going to be very curious to see. And we're joined also by Jeff. Welcome, sir. Hey, how are you? Hey, you were last time you were on, we interviewed you and we had you in the geek seat the last time. That was, and that was, so, that was fun. You know, finally, he finally survived. He finally uh, recovered. The marks have finally healed. I'm very impressed <laughs> so with he's that. He's finally back. So he's finally recovered. Back. He's uh, back. Yeah. Jeff Duoskin, Classic Conversations uh, is the name of the podcast. Pop culture, nostalgia interviews um you're also a comedian too i am a comedian that is he thinks true. he's funny i think i'm funny um yeah yeah so i mean that's it yeah that's check awesome. out the podcast if you can squeeze it in between your earth station one viewing but <laughs> it's always jeff, good jeff it's always just good. out of curiosity where do you stand on marvel movies and how the mcu is shaping up these days um i think it's feels like homework lately and i think uh phase this last phase uh <laughs> okay that's fair i just uh yeah because before we get into guardians it's kind of uh uh interesting to see where everybody feels because there's so many things going into this movie um and uh we'll talk all about it but i just was kind of curious as to your, your overview okay. the last marvel movie i loved was and i understand i was uh the spider-man one I think that oh, right. was for yes. a lot of people, actually. Yeah. I don't think yeah. you're alone with Doctor that Doctor Strange 2, I thought was garbage. And I even tried to watch it again. And it was garbage. And it was like... <laughs> so, but I know that we're not here to talk about that. So, but... oh, Not God this time. Forbid. Not this time. But, but that's my mind frame. Sure. Okay. okay. Gotcha. No, that's great. That's awesome. Of course, you've heard Mr. Mike Gordon is here. Howdy. Okay, Mike. We definitely would love to hear from everyone at home, too. Feedback at earthstation1.com is always the best way to get in touch with us. And, of course, the fine folks at YouTube, like and subscribe. We definitely would love to hear from you. Click on that bell at the top. Definitely, if you get a chance, that's the way you find out that we're coming to you now twice a week. Not just once, but twice. And we're coming up on episode 700 next week. So, you know, watch out for that one too, folks, because we got a lot of stuff coming up with you. So definitely check it out. And you know what? Mr. Mike. We've been dancing around it for a while. Let's jump in with both feet and let's listen to a lot of loud music. Let's talk about <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Well, 3. we're going to jump in with both feet and this, sir, we're in the waters of uh, spoiler territory. So if you have not seen the movie and uh, do not want to or do not want to be spoiled in any way, just, uh, you know, put us on pause, go see the movie, check it out and then come back and, and listen to us on the way home or, you know, uh, so that we can uh, get it because we're going to try to go as deep as we can. Uh, before we get into the actual particulars of the movie itself, uh, let's talk about the box office, because especially uh, with the summer movie season starting, the box office seems to be more relevant than ever. And Guardians was projected to gross around $110 million, uh domestically, and it just just surpassed that at about $118 million in the United States and Canada, a uh, total of uh, $290 million worldwide um to be honest that's not a home run 
<laughs> I mean, it sounds good because they made over their projection, but this is only slightly better than Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania did. And we all know how that just died after the initial weekend. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see what happens with this one, um, you know, we can get into it a little bit later about the actual things that happened in the movie, but the word of mouth on this is already divided. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of people who are not uh, happy with it, not because it's not good, but because it's something different than they expected. Um, and uh, and so with that said, um, Jeff, we'll start with you. What did you, what were your expectations for this? Did you like the other two Guardians movies and were you excited for this one? The first Guardians movie is by far my favorite movie, probably of any of the movies in the nice. Mar- just imper- actually probably in general. Like I I just saw James Gunn quoted as saying that he, he made it so it would be the feeling that you had when you saw Star Wars. Yes. And, and that's mm-hmm. and <laughs> I'm not reacting to the article, but that is how I always described how I felt that movie was. It was like the closest I've ever come since the late 70s to feeling like i felt with star wars now the second one i thought was good and i can i've rewatched it um mm-hmm. i didn't think it was as good as the first one and uh i'll just throw in that the holiday special is a must watch too i think i think the it holiday was fun. special is really very great. fun and oddly enough they they refer to it a lot. <laughs> in this, oh, very much so. And even characters yeah. from it's it. Like, it's it's like 2.5, really. Right. Um, and it was interesting when I was watching Guardians, I realized that, well, maybe I don't love all the Marvel movies. The style where they bring the characters into the other movies, I found myself watching this one, Volume 3, and like really feeling like I knew the Mantis character, but she was only in two, right? And like, right. <laughs> and that was and the Christmas right? special, of course. Well, right, but no, I'm saying like, but right. originally, but right, but with all the add-ons, it's like yes. now I, I felt like she had always been there. Like it felt like all those characters, they just even the, you know, they just it, like you, you knew them more than just having seen one, two, then three, because they were all in at least two, three other movies. Uh, right. Both Avengers, Endgame, Infinity, well, Infinity War, Endgame, and then of course the last Thor movie. I, I feel like the MVP is uh, Dave uh, Batista. <laughs> I, <laughs> I I think he is in all the movies so funny, and he's like turning out to be like a really fun actor, like in anything he does. Mm-hmm. And I agree, he is just. He plays that character so well in his his delivery. I mean, he's a, you know, in terms of the wrestler, that genre turned actor, he's definitely one of the best. Here, I think. Well, sure. Probably. He might not be the best box office wise, but I mean, Dwayne probably gets all the money. But I think, you know, if you look at his body of work, I think mm-hmm. Dave is probably, I mean, he's much more impressive. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that was the expectation going in, uh, overall, did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it. There's a lot going on. I feel like I have to watch it again, but Mm -hmm. I want to watch it again. Right. Okay. I mean, I enjoyed it. I felt like, oh, this was a nice time spent with these characters that I really do like. And I feel Mm -hmm. like I've gotten to know through all the movies and I felt it was a great ending to the story or the way they. Uh, and capped it and and 
teased other things. So, you know, but it's one of those movies too, where, you know, with special, so much special effects where they just start throwing the kitchen sink at you. And sometimes it's hard to kind of really keep track of everything that all the mayhem that's going right. on. Right. You know, it's two and a half hours of just, you know, but I enjoyed it. I, I definitely enjoyed it. I didn't walk away thinking this was the greatest movie I ever saw, but, um, but I didn't walk away unhappy at all. And I, in these days, just, you know, maybe it's just, I'm an old man now, but like, I don't like going to the movies because the <laughs> risk of it being bad, right? Like if I had hated this movie, I'd have been like, Oh, that was five hours. Well, you know, between getting there. Absolutely. Eating, yeah. It's like five hours of my day. And it was like, if it's a horrible movie, then I just start feeling like I hate life. And, uh, and that is not how I felt in this situation. Well, good, good. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. So yeah, we'll get into more specifics uh, in a minute, but uh, Ashley, what were your thoughts going into this and uh, overall coming out? Yeah, so um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 is also one of my favorite MCU movies, if not the favorite. I feel like the rankings always kind of go up and down depending on what I've most seen most recently, but it was truly something special. And um, just like Jeff said, Volume 2 wasn't quite as good, but I still really enjoyed seeing it as a summer movie, some great um, character moments. I'm still not over Yondu sacrificing himself for Peter. I feel like James Gunn always gut punches you um, emotionally at least once or twice in his movies. So I was really looking forward to this one. Also kind of nervous because there's so much pressure. This is the wrap-up of the Guardian story and also um, James Gunn's swan song before he leaves the MCU for um, the DC Cinematic Universe. So a lot writing on this movie. I saw it last night and I feel like I'm still kind of working through my feelings about the film. Like there's a lot that happens. It was um, more somber in tone, I think, than I was expecting. There's not quite as many laughs. They deal with some uh, heavier subject matter. And I would say a fair warning, if you're an animal lover, bring a box of tissues with you. I uh, cried at least two times during this movie. Like it, there's some stuff that's hard to watch. There's some elements of violence or horror that are maybe a step beyond what we've seen in the MCU uh, previously. But so even though I feel like I still haven't quite decided um, whether I love the film or not, I feel like it was still worthwhile for me to see. There's a lot to chew on. And I think what James Gunn always gets right is these characters and the heart and the emotion between them. Um, Rocket is my favorite member of the guardians and um he was a standout for me in this film just great work by bradley cooper and um showing his vulnerability and his backstory as hard as it would to was to watch it really added layers to this these characters and um, i'm always a big fan of the theme of found family and i appreciate that james gunn gave us a bittersweet ending that i felt like um felt right for this uh, trilogy so yeah i think like i said i'm still working through my feelings but i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes it's good to have a film that makes you sit with it and chew on it for a little bit. So um, mm. I don't think it was a safe film. I think uh, James Gunn was willing to take some creative risks and um, I'll miss him in the MCU. But after seeing this film, I'm definitely excited to see what he brings to the DC Cinematic Universe because I think um, he has a lot of good stuff for us in store over there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. To your to your point, I think uh, this is the closest uh 
um marvels come to a r-rated movie i mean it really it really like skirts that line i mean it's it's one f-bomb away from being r yeah yeah. having to be r right so i mean there's one in there if you get another one (laughs) like you have to be r so uh there's there's a lot of side on top of all that too yeah and and not to mention all the other stuff so like uh, a man's face is peeled off so don't make this your kiddo's first marvel movie so (laughs) just word to the wise yeah show them captain america even more so than dr strange i mean dr strange is a horror movie really um in disguise and yet this one has a lot more intensity along with that, I think. Um, but uh, Mike, what did you think? You know, I've been a Guardians fan pretty much since the 70s and with the comic books and loved the different iterations of it. Loved when they introduced this cast of characters in the comics. And when they decided they were going to be doing a movie, I was thrilled. I was fine with it and i love the casting i thought it was brilliant how they created the world around the guardians of the galaxy in the movies that it wasn't set right in the heart of the mcu it skirted on the outsides of it it was the cosmic version of the mcu and i loved what they were doing and then when they included them with the infinity war and then you know of course, you know, Endgame and then a little bit in Thor. And then we had a wonderful Christmas special. And then now we got this. And I thought it was very fitting what we got. If you're an animal lover, you are going to have a really hard time with this movie. Anyone is. Judy was like sitting on the edge of her chair during this whole thing. And she was like crying. She was like sobbing and, you know, have thank god we brought tissues with us so we were able to help with that it was very well done i liked the characters i liked how we said goodbye to some of them this is not the end of the guardians of the galaxy this is you know you're getting a new team of them and it's interesting because that's one thing with the guardians and even in the comics they constantly evolved people came people left and you're getting that now with the ser- the series. And I like that. I like where it's going with it. Um, was this my favorite movie? No, not at all. I have problems with this movie. But I the overall, I liked it. I, I had fun with it. And I enjoyed it. And we'll get into it in a little bit, what I didn't and everything. You know, it was a nice send-off. And now... You know, not that I was really worried about James Gunn doing Superman. Now I'm looking forward to James mm-hmm. Gunn doing Superman. <laughs> so, you kind of got a little preview of that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Very much so. Very, very much so. I've loved all the James Gunn stuff. So it's going to be, I'll be very interested to see. And you know what? Let's bring it on, baby. The uh, My history with Guardians, we talked about it on the show many times, but uh, I don't go as far back as Mike with the uh, 70s, but the 2008 team that Admit Lanning wrote into Marvel Comics, which is pretty much the team that you see in the movie, the first movie mm-hmm. and subsequent movies, that I really fell in love with, that team. And so when they initially announced that this was going to be a movie, James Gunn was going to be making it, I was really excited uh, because I like James Gunn at the time. I still do. 
Um, and uh, he was not quite a household name by then, but um, but I knew who he was. I knew his work, and it was solid, and he had a lot of energy, and I also um, knew the characters. And I do remember quite a lot of people were looking at it like, what is this? A talking raccoon? You got to be crazy. This is going to be... <laughs> this is Marvel's going to drop the ball on this one. This is going to be the first Marvel flop, you know? And I was, I had faith. I had faith because I knew the material was solid and I knew the director was solid. And, and, uh, I do find it amazing that, uh, that the character that everybody was pointing to and being like, what? That a talking raccoon? That's not going to ever work. That's going to be silly. That's too ridiculous. This is Rocket's movie. Like this, oh, everybody else is kind of like, so. like a co-star, right? This is, this is Rocket's story. This is like passing the torch. This show, this movie is like passing the torch from really from Peter's story to Rocket's story. Mm -hmm. And then Rocket goes on, of course, at the end and, and is, is the leader of the team. Rocket's story is not a pretty one. We kind of get some glimpses of it in the first movie. I don't know if it's a tent, if, if it's mentioned at all in the second movie, really, because um, that's when it's all about Peter. This third movie, uh, James decides to go tell his origin story, and it's not pretty. And James doesn't hold back much at all in telling this story. Um, I I am an animal lover. As people know, I have a lot of cats and everything. I was, if you want to use the word, I was triggered several times in this movie, especially since when they introduce young Rocket, but even before he has a name, uh, yeah, he's, he's, you know, palling around with these three other beings. Uh, and I know what's going to happen to them. I just know. Plot-wise, you know that they're going to die. And yet, when it happens, it's so gut-wrenching. It's so gut-wrenching. It's one of those things that's like... And the fact that all of this is told... Rocket story is told. Rocket is a CG character. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's humans like doing the voice and stuff like that. And it took like four people to do the vo voice of, of Rocket at various stages of his life. Mm -hmm. um, and he's a CG character working against another actor but, and other actors. But still, I mean, and most of the time in the first and second act, he's on the he's he's horizontal. He's not even like moving like he's, he's and and yet it's still it still works like it's still his movie and it mm -hmm. still works as his movie. Um, there's times where it kind of goes a little off the rails, uh, but that's a James Gunn thing. So if you're, if you're, if you know James Gunn, you're like prepared for that. But, um, he, does he overindulge himself? Sure. Especially with a lot of his, putting a lot of his friends and family in the movie, right? Um, oh yeah. He's definitely got the friends and family plan. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was like I was waiting for the beard guy from Peacemaker to show up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it he was might like, have been yeah. one of the voices. <laughs> it might have been. Right? <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. But overall, I came out and I thought this was really solid. I think it was a really great way to end uh, end the because you don't want to repeat yourself. I think the marketing of this was really kind of strange. Uh, the way they marketed it was more like, "Hey, some of your characters that you love that you've been following probably are not going to make it through this." I thought that I completely thought I that. did too. Yeah. Yeah. The way they marketed, it was like these, this is the end of the road for this group. Right. And you go in and that's not what the gut punch material is. <laughs> that's not where the intense stuff comes. 
That's not where the tissues are needed. Although there's some moments about that too. Saw it on Thursday, uh, nicely attended crowd for the first day. I really appreciated that. Um, and we, we, we laughed and cried. It was a fun experience with a bunch of people uh, that I, I like and I go to the theater for. Um, so overall, I liked it a lot. I, again, like you guys, I'm still processing as far as, is it better than the first one? Is it not? I mean, it says James is doing so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, uh, Ashley, we want to point it to you this time first. Um, so what, tell me, since I talked about Rocket Story, and that's the big thing about this movie, tell me what you felt about Rocket being the centerpiece of this and how how that worked for you. Yeah, well, um, as I mentioned, he's my favorite member of the Guardians cast, and I think that each member of this team has their own trauma and things from their past that they've dealt with. And we've always known that Rocket kind of has this chip on her sho- on his shoulder. It's been hinted at, like you can see his genetic technological modifications, but we don't really know the full story. So as hard as it was to watch those scenes, I think it was important for us as the audience to feel his pain to be uncomfortable to really come to empathize this character and why he is the way he is i mean it explains when, a lot yeah really when does. you say nebula said like this is worse than what thanos did to me like that was yes. one of the most chilling lines because yes. thanos was a terrible father with a capital t but if this is beyond what thanos was doing like this is awful and just um, all the gut punch moments, like when he gets thrown into the cage, it's dirty, it's unsanitary, and the only word he can say is hurts. Like, oh my gosh, like that moment almost got me there too. Like, he's this creature that can barely vocalize, but just isn't so much pain and it has been so abused. But um, in the end, I appreciate that this was ultimately a film about triumph. Like, we get to see Rocket, he's had these horrible things done to him, but he realizes that. He has a family that care, cares about him. You know, like they may give each other grief. Like, you know, Peter Quill teases him sometimes, but like he says, this is my best friend. I'm going to do anything that I can to save him. And I think Rocket really feels like this is his family. This is where he belongs. He's not a freak. He has a purpose. And then um thought it was interesting that um, he chose not to kill the villain at the end. I was all rooting for him, but just like, eject this guy out the airlock like i have zero <laughs> compassion give him both kid. barrels yeah like hats off to the actor for i can't remember the last time i was like physically angry at a movie villain and ready for him to get his comeuppance but <laughs> um yeah rocket realized like he didn't need to do that he rose above like he beaten him and then um was also great to see him find like the little raccoons and realize like oh there are others like me i can save these animals nobody was there to save me but i can save them and then just getting him to see him be captain of the guardians crew like such a cool story arc and um going about the galaxy with his best friend groot and so yeah i am as a Rocket fan, I'm very pleased with his whole arc throughout the trilogy, and that was definitely the highlight and the strongest part of the movie for me whenever he was on screen. Yeah, yeah. Jeff, what about you? What did you feel about his storyline? Oh, um, I, I, I'm i with Ash. I mean, I've, I, I didn't want to interrupt, but I was going to go like second best friend. <laughs> oh yeah, that's, oh yeah, yeah. You're right. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. yeah, the 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 cool thing about the uh, um, rocket is I never 
I always, if I reflect on it, go, oh, Bradley Cooper is awesome. But at no point when I'm watching the movie do I ever go, that's Bradley Cooper. Right. Yes. You know I mean? Agree. And it's, it's, um, it's such a cool character. I, you know, the, the, the interesting, the one thing about the movie that I guess if it, it was weird to me was the whole Dr. Island. Uh, right. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, very yeah, much those, so. Those vibes. But the, um, I think I was prepared for the animal, animal cruelty thing. So I, I knew it was coming. So it didn't catch me off guard. Uh, but I mean, that it, it, it was brave, I think, to tell the story as dark as they did. It, that's what's, I think, so cool about James Gunn is how true to these characters he is that he didn't, he didn't softball it just to make right. it easier for us to watch it mm-hmm. because it was clear that this raccoon went through some shit, right? And it was mm-hmm. like, and you felt every, every ounce of that in this movie, which, um, did I read it right at the end? He, find, he figured, he realized, oh, I am a raccoon. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, that's uh, uh that was uh uh I've been a fan of Rocket since the like I said since the comics and yeah, Rocket Raccoon and I it, I question the fact that in the movie they just call mm-hmm. him Rocket and he's really adamant that he's not a raccoon and I was like, wow, they're not making him a raccoon in this. That's kind of weird. And but I said it's all right. It's good. I like the character. I like the way it's depicted. I don't need him to be a raccoon if they don't want him to be. But at at the end of this movie, when he says my name mm-hmm. is Rocket Raccoon, I was like, hell yeah. I was like, I felt like like this surge of adrenaline. Like, yeah, I didn't realize I wanted him to acknowledge that so much. Yeah. <laughs> you did that a was, and it turns I'm out sure. like, it sounds like it's not, he's more of an earthling than the Peter is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. In a lot of ways. But it was but, interesting uh, too, because you know, it's you saw a true evolution of a character in this movie, you know, from an innocent soul to, and you explained exactly why he became the way he was in the first movie, especially, you know, mm-hmm. you know, not trusting anybody, not, you know, the only one he trusted was Groot and he was out for himself because everyone he cared for was killed. And it was, it was horrible. And then, you know, realizing you know he was ready to die and he was ready to be with his friends again and you know and she told him basically your story's not done down there you you know you're not alone down there and that was just awesome and i loved it when you know oh we got all the children off we can leave no we've got to save the rest of them Mm -hmm. that was just awesome Mm -hmm. that was just such a great great scene even the giant monster ones. Yeah, yeah. even the big giant monster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is awesome. Or or as we call them now, Mantis's posse. You know, it's all yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got three of them now. She's got three of them. Which that is was pretty Linda awesome. Cardinelli. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you pronounced the name right. That's awesome. <laughs> she was awesome. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. She is uh, awesome. But... And she she played an otter really well. <laughs> it was it was the voices in this were, were great and everything. Like Mike said, there were four different actors doing Rocket at the different stages in his life. Mm-hmm. And because Bradley Cooper pretty much has said he's done with the MCU too. So mm-hmm. they're going to be doing Rocket. And I think they're going to be fine with, you know, having somebody, one of those actors doing mm-hmm. Rocket and everything. 
Maybe. Yeah. I mean, Rocket's not young anymore. So, um, but I mean, I'm sure they can replace the voice. Oh, it's going to sure. be weird, just like any time they replace anybody. How, how hard could it be for Bradley Cooper just to go into a sound booth and go? Come on, yeah, throw well, him a couple, a couple million. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's no Vin Diesel, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but it was, yeah. But, but it was interesting, though. I, I loved. You just saw how far Rocket has come, though. You know, in over the three movies, and actually five movies, like we said, and you know, seeing his friends, he turned to dust and everything. Yeah, and yeah. you know. And, you know, that probably changed him quite a bit. And then for th in this movie, you know, if you would have gotten Rocket from the first movie in this one at the end, he would have just gone off by himself. He wouldn't have. And so it, it was pretty awesome. And for him to take over the team, I think it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it is, like you said, Mike, it is Rocket's story. It is Rocket Story, and and uh, I think uh, Ashley, I got you beat because I think the moment that got me was right in the beginning when that hand goes and reaches in the cage. Oh gosh! Oh, that's awful. <laughs> and you see the close up of uh, young Rocket's face, and I'm like, I know that look. I've seen that look on kittens, on dogs, whatever, and that's not a great look. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that right there. I'm like, okay, this is going to be. This is going to be tough, but it's necessary, I think. As you guys mm -hmm. have pointed out, tell Rocket's story, as Jeff pointed out, don't softball it. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah J uh, James Gunn is a as a animal rights activist. And so, you know, you know, I know that everybody's like, you know, pointing to people with agendas and whatnot or whatever. But I think it's fair. It's always fair to think that, you know, for an artist to do what he wants to from his heart and rocket story it's a lot different than it is in the comics this is not the comic story at all as far as his origin or who uh lila is or whoever um and all that stuff is different in the comics but for this story it works really really well mm -hmm. and this depiction of rocket is great and i think that the picking if you have to pick a villain from the MC, uh, from marvel comics to fit into this story I think the high evolutionary is the perfect one. Um, I he's different in the comics, sure. Um, well, but, to be on, but to be honest, there's so many different versions of him in the comics that it's not even. I mean, yeah, you could just spin a wheel and try to pick something. There's a lot that they did take from the comics, like the Second Earth and the New Men and all that kind of stuff. And yes, there's overtones of Doctor Moreau in this for sure. Um, but let's talk about the high evolutionary. Let's talk about. I'm going to try this now. Uh, Shikwati Ejwa, right? Is that right? Shikwati Ewuji. Shikwati Ewuji, right? So sure. I am so sure. sorry because I've seen the actor in other Take things. Peacemaker and, and a lot of other things too. I mean, he's a, he is a Shakespearean actor of, of a lot of, of high regard. And uh, he does not phone it in in this. This is he's not just at Marvel. He's not just at Marvel to get a paycheck. Um, he does some really good work here. Yes, the character is not defined. I think it's, you know, it's not quite a, it's not quite you know, Kurt Russell ego, but it's also I think way better than Ronan. <laughs> like oh, that God, yeah. that villain was just cardboard. Um, uh, I love the first movie, but man, Ronan is just a cardboard figure. Um, 
So he gives us some depth about the high evolutionary. Mike, I know you're more familiar with him with the comics as well. What did you think about the high evolutionary? Does it does it work for you? I think did, it works. Did perfectly the actor work for you? It works perfectly, and showing that he created all these different races, not just you know the you know mutants or what the next men as we like to call them on New Earth. You he created you know the the golden people that we saw in the last move in number two and other races too, and you know he basically was using his technology. He wasn't trying to be God. He was just trying to create perfection. And it was interesting. And to him, he didn't see himself as evil. He was just trying to find perfection. Yeah, they never do. No, you never do. Nothing is perfect. And there's always a fault. And I love the scene, like when Peter addressed the, the high evolutionary for the first time and said, you know, we just saw your people, a, a squid trying to sell crack to, I think they're roach type pe head people and everything. And it was like, it was like, what, you know, that type of thing. And it's like, well, these, they're going away anyway. And, you know, that type of thing. Cause he had already decided that this was a failed experiment on this planet and how he exterminated everything without, and he didn't even, you know, blink an eye at it, destroying people or killing yeah. and everything. Because they weren't perfect and everything. Yeah. And it was just it was just really interesting. And I thought he fit perfectly into this role. I thought he was a great bad guy for this. You didn't have to get an origin story because in Marvel they gave him an origin story that he was human originally. And you know, he even was tied at one point into how um Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver came to yep. be and everything. Mm, but interesting. It's that's been thrown out the window years yeah, ago. Yeah, I don't I don't know what his current status is, but no. um but yeah but, but yeah, yeah I, using I, I like what they great. did. I really like what they did with him. He I think out of the three villains, I think he's up there with ego. I really mm -hmm. do and everything. And you know, I th I even felt like he was more of a menace in some ways than ego was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So well Ashley's already wanted to pick a fight with him. So Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. She, I would she wants say... him she wants him dead. <laughs> yes, I would say kudos to the actor, like great performance for making me hate the character so deeply. When I say they hate the character, um, you know, all the praise to the actor because he did such a good job with the performance. Oh, really, especially making... when he shot Lila. Oh, yeah. Chilling. Um, normally, I like um, nuanced villains, but like, yeah, there's no nuance to this guy. He's mm -hmm. just he is off the rails. He is a very he's a bad person. He's drunk on his own power he thinks that he can decide what's the best um for the universe and to create perfection and um it's so heartbreaking because he is just so obsessed with like perfection and his ideals that he can't see the strengths in people like the guardians are very flawed people but you know that's just you know the nature of of us we're all flawed but we are still capable of uh, great and heroic things and just the fact that he could look these living creatures in the eye and just exterminate them so yeah i i was re i was ready for him to go at the end no tears were shed at that part so but but, but you know it's almost more and more almost equally as damning uh to his character is not only all the things that he's doing with his uh experiments and subjects and the way he treats his staff and all that kind of stuff but the scene where 
the scene where Peter confronts him and he's just like, he's just like, puts everything like, yeah. hold, 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 please. Like, hold you're not thought. like important. Like, yeah, like, I'll have, I'll get to you in a minute. I'll get to you in a minute. I'll get to you. Like, he's <laughs> like, Peter's just like, over himself he's just like you know oh you have time for me now finally like uh after i like you know attack one of your staff yeah he just does the nuances like you said i think uh that that helps that every little thing there's nothing about him that's like oh i like this guy i want to hang with him yeah and uh, go ahead um i also appreciated even though it ended tragically the courage of his staff members to basically pull a coup at the end to say like no mm. this is too far so of course, like, unfortunately, it ends in tragedy, but, um, yeah, like, finally, his staff was willing to stand up, and it's like, you're a madman, and we can't go along with this even more, even though they should have stood up years ago. I think that's a good warning for us with similar things when you think about, like, the Nazis and everything they did. Like, it's important for people, like, stand up. Like, don't wait that it's so bad that you just have to speak out, like, there there were people who could have and should have um, stopped him previously. So I think that's kind of a good little warning for us too. Like James, James Gunn has some deeper things to say to us in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird sort of message too, because on the one hand he's, he's advocating against, you know, experimenting on animals um, and showing us like, you know, in great, almost too much detail like uh i mean he goes to the he, he goes he pushes it as far as he can go in a pg-13 uh but then he ends the movie with uh the guardians like slaughtering a bunch of animals <laughs> like, i did yeah i did not love that choice i was like <laughs> i heard somebody coming online like why couldn't it have been like rogue like robots or some other threat like that that <laughs> did kind of feel uncomfortable after everything we had seen so yeah. maybe that was something that the studio tagged on at the end that james gunn wasn't necessarily as aware. Uh, i don't i don't think so no, i don't i think ja i think james is like just he's just like it's not as simple as that you know it's mm -hmm. not as simple i think uh he's had some depth to it but it, it was a weird thing um anything more on the high evolutionary uh jeff no i mean i i thought it was a good um you know it it's a i don't think you need a backstory when you basically lay him out as can I say a Hitler type? Is that like, you know what I mean? Like where they're yeah. trying to create an Aryan society. I think that sure. has its own built-in. This guy must be an a-hole type background. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Enough said, right? You get yeah. a cheat sheet. Um, uh, Jeff, we'll start with you. The other new character that's introduced here is uh, Adam Morlock. Uh, what do you, how did you feel about uh, Adam's uh, introduction and use in the movie? Okay. Let me be let me preface by saying I didn't read the comics. Okay. Mm -hmm. So guardians of the galaxy to me was just something I discovered through the movies. Awesome. Um, that being said, I have read a lot of people upset with his portrayal. Uh, mm -hmm. But I, um, but I think if you have been not knowing what it is in the comics, it seems right in line with the, world and that gold um uh society uh it, it just it, to me it fit in perfectly like it it made a perfect sense that that was that a morlock from the you know they were making the egg and the other thing right they were mm -hmm. kind of hatching him and then how they acted in that this scene he seemed to be just an extension of exactly what a one that would be popped out would have probably acted like so to me it seems very much in line with this world 
whether or not it's, you know, like, you know, when he makes Superman, I'll be able to, to really have a, my own context, you know, if he was <laughs> up Superman, but in this thing, I was like, Oh, okay. I mean, this makes sense. I mean, I had no expectations. It seems to match the world that he came from and the whole guardians movie world. So I really personally didn't have any issue, but again, I caveat that with saying I am not familiar with the that, character. Yeah. And that's fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ashley, probably this is your introduction to him as well, right? So yes. any more thoughts on that? Um, Well said, Jeff. My thoughts are pretty much in line with yours. Um, And I thought the film especially made the point of saying, like, this guy is a little undercooked. Like, they brought him out before he was, like, fully done. So it makes sense. <laughs> like, he's nice. got this incredible raw power, but he's not quite, like fully trained and using the power yet. So I thought it was a nice use. Like he's, he's got his quirks too, which fits right in with the rest of the guardians crew. And um, I think this is a character, like this is just an introduction. I'm assuming we're going to see him again and probably get to see a broader range of his powers. And I also liked, this was just a small thing, but I liked that he adopted the animal pet he took care of that little creature throughout the film. So um, I thought that was kind of a nice touch along with the other themes in the movie. But yeah, um, I thought he was interesting, um, a fun character and would like to see him again. I was glad we got to see him as part of the Guardians um, in the post credit scene. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Mike. All right, let me rip. Right. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I I figured if anybody was going to have an issue with uh, Adam Warlock's depiction in this movie, uh, it would be you. I was seething at this. <laughs> I hated every second of it. Um, this was my only weak point of the movie was the portrayal of Adam Warlock. Adam Warlock is a very beloved character in the MCU and very classic. You know from the seventies and on, and he was, you know, up there power wise and popularity wise for quite some time. He was, you know, basically the, his main antagonist was Thanos and him going up against Thanos. And it was, that's where you got Gamora. That's where you got Drax was from basically from the Adam Warlock storyline. And it was interesting to see when they introduced him, you know, I, I give this, you know, he's a young character. Like you guys said, he wasn't fully baked and everything. He can't, they let him out too early or whatever. I have hope that they're going to do right by him, but I just don't think they did in this movie. They made him look like a total doofus and I couldn't take him seriously at all. And you can't take, you know, and in a movie that was very serious and a lot of times it almost felt like Adam Warlock was the comic relief at some points. Him and Drax at points. You know, Drax hitting that little girl with the ball. And, you know, it's just like, oh, God. I want to get to our favorite Drax moments in a minute, but go ahead. <laughs> I don't think they did it right. I was very happy to see him part of the team at the end. And, you know, because... I like how they said everyone deserves a second chance and I'm glad they did. And, you know, part of me was like, Oh, please just let him go down with the ship. You know, I just, you know, I partly wanted to see him gone. 
because that's how much I despise this character in this movie. And, you know, it wasn't the actor's fault by any means. I just don't think they did right by him. And so, you know, I'm willing to give it another chance. Though. Um, And that's fair, despite the fact that uh, I actually have, and I've had for many, many, many years, uh, the first appearance of uh, the character in Fantastic Four number 66 from 1967. Him. Him. Uh, when he was just called Him. He didn't have a name. He was just called Him. Yep. Um, when he came out of the cocoon. Yep. I actually have those two issues. And, uh, but, you know, to be honest, he's not fleshed out at all as a character in those. It's not till much later, as Mike's talking about with Roy Thomas and everybody that uh, really developed him. I only really know of him really um, in the Abnett and uh, Landing run. Um, and yeah, he's a solid guy. I do think the introduction to him was impressive. The power, the uh the actual like how are they gonna i mean he is taking everybody down like they how are they gonna fight this guy um i thought that was impressive and then after that of course he's just a, a yeah he's just as you said mike he's kind of a joke he's a mama's boy but i do like the scene where um you know he gets taken in uh they give him a second chance because that's what the guardians do they're mm -hmm. all broken they're all a-holes they're all like they're all as they, as they say in one of the movies they they're all a bunch of losers right they've all lost something and through that loss they come together and they become a team and they become better heroes and i do think that yes if we see adam morlock's story after this he's going to be a much more developed and better character and yeah it already looked like he matured like by 10 years in the in the in the end post credit scene mm -hmm. uh so yeah i other than that i i thought the actor was great and i i again with the power that he used in the beginning i really got a superman vibe off him so uh so we know that james gunn can write a superman powered character and film one so now you know what he does with him after that when he goes to dc we'll or when he's at dc now uh we'll we'll have to wait and find out but uh Anyway, give me your uh, your favorite uh, Drax moment. I'll start. My favorite Drax moment is when they're in the elevator and uh, she says, uh, you didn't give me one of the uh, beer nuts. And he's like, I'm all out. And then like right in front of her face, he, he gets the bag out and out. He, he takes it and he eats one really slowly. Like, like, like that, like in the last one where he was invisible, he thought he was invisible. He just moved really slow. Um, so rude. <laughs> it is so in her face. She's just like, oh, um, that was my favorite Drax moment. Uh, Jeff, do you have a favorite Drax moment? No, oh, I have three, but the, um, <laughs> the couch routine I thought was pretty funny, but nice. Yes. I, th I thought one of the coolest things was when it was a Ted Lasso moment when he speaks the, the language of the children. And then uh, they say, uh, they say, why didn't you tell us you could speak the language? And he said, you didn't ask. Yeah. And, and that was sort of the shift of his whole, how they saw that character, I think, mm -hmm. his interaction with them. Anyway, so. No, absolutely. There was absolutely. one other, but I know we don't have time. <laughs> Ashley? Well, my moment was actually a little bit more of a more serious one at the end where he's saying goodbye to Mantis and tears up. Like you've seen the banter and kind of the bickering between these two people throughout the films, but like how deeply they care about 
each other. And he was sad to see basically someone that's become like a deep friend, like a sister to him going off on her own. So I thought that was a nice little moment of vulnerable emotion that we got to see from Drax. And then of course him dancing, like I didn't, I had kind of forgotten about that. Like he doesn't dance, but I thought that was an appropriate way to end it. Like I, that was nice. If Nebula can dance, Drax can dance. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you have a favorite Drax moment, uh, Mike? Probably. I did like the beer nut part, but I loved his reaction when he was talking to the girls, his tenderness. And mm-hmm. you saw another side of him completely. Yeah. And Is it Mantis that says, uh, you're not a destroyer, you're a father? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You were meant to be a father. I mean, that yeah, was really. That was, I think it was Gamora. It was Gamora. Oh, Gamora. Okay. Not Gam- no, uh, Nubula. That's Nebula. It. That's what I meant. Yeah. Nebula. Yeah, yeah, Gamora in this movie. The robot one. Say that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so many other characters to talk about. It's crazy. We don't have that much time, damn it. Um, but, uh, and some of them don't, you know, they can't do every. I mean, I don't think Groot was even needed in the movie. I mean, he's great that he's there, but I mean, he doesn't do anything really except for a couple things here and there. Um, I mean, it's great that he's there, but you can't, you can't give a bunch of time to everybody. I mean, you have to, someone has to suffer. So um, it, was inter- it was interesting though. Cause you know, throughout all three, all three movies, I am Groot, I am Groot. But then you hear, I love, you know, when he says, I love you, yeah, that's basically you're finally understanding what he's saying. That's what my theory is, too. I'm thinking, yeah. like, he, he oh, actually really? said, I am yeah. Groot, but we can understand him. Like, Gamora, we can understand him. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that makes, now I, see, that was my Adam Warlock moment. Yeah. <laughs> and, but now that you, ex- I didn't love it that he said that. But yeah. now that you explain it that way. I think it could have been better done. Movie. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm uncertain. It. That's my theory. But I it's think it could have been better though. presented so that it, we, we knew. I bet you it wouldn't be funny as hell in the closed captioning instead of them saying I love you it's just, I am Groot <laughs> yeah yeah See, that oh would, that, that would be, be great that would be yeah. amazing yeah that would be fun mm-hmm. um uh, uh yeah so um all right so we get another we get a preview of what the guardians are going to look like in the future we also get uh nice scenes of uh, Adam Warlock visiting I'm not Adam Warlock sorry Peter Quill uh visiting uh Grandpa Quill and uh reading the paper and then we get a message that says uh a note that says star lord will return yep um what do you make of that ashley what do you what do you think is going to be the future of this team or these characters going forward now that james gunn is and and some of the actors have said we're done yeah i was really surprised to see that but i think in some ways it's kind of smart because some of the actors are ready to be done i respect that like i can't imagine the time of makeup it takes to do like gamora or drax just yeah. like all it's that not prosthetic. surprising that those two actors were like nope never we're yeah, not we're like, done. <laughs> still so much respect to them like i don't blame them for not for wanting to take a break from that but there may be other actors and people that are part of this franchise that would like to still be in the mcu so i think this is nice everyone's kind of going their separate ways they can kind of pick and choose um I don't think we'll necessarily see like a Star Lord movie, but I could see him like getting like a Disney Plus show or coming into some of the more cosmic type storytelling. Like they could easily drop him into any of the future storytelling that's going to be taking place in um, space, things like that. So, yeah, I'm 
I'm encouraged. I realized I felt kind of sad when I was like, oh, this is the last time I'll get to see these characters, but I think that we will still continue to see some of them in the MCU, and that's that's a nice feeling. Jeff, do you have any hopes or uh, desires to see in the characters going forward? I, if I never see them again, I'm fine, but... <laughs> wow! No, okay. I, I, We're I think, done. I, I, I think I, I, the impression I got was they'll they'll spot drop them in mm-hmm. as as needed. Um, but you know, I think like if Disney Plus, like a Guardians Disney Plus show, that would be a great show. Mm-hmm. That would be like a Mandalorian type mm-hmm. you know, adventure type show. I I could get behind that. That would be really cool. But, and that'd be expensive. Uh, <laughs> I know, but still, because your main cool. character is like all CG, you know. Like, sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, Groku is a puppet. <laughs> I would, I would <laughs> take an animated one. Oh yeah, oh yeah, same mm-hmm. here. Well, I, I know, I think there is an animated Guardians of the Galaxy series that I don't know if it's still on, but I think they did have one for a little while. Uh, and a High Evolutionary, I think, was in that in some mm-hmm. form. Um, Mike, what do you think? Uh, who do you want to see? And what do you think? Who? How do you think we'll see these characters going forward? Interesting you would put it that way. Um, definitely think we'll probably see Star-Lord and possibly even the Guardians, uh, obviously, again. But I'm thinking that we're going to see Star-Lord maybe in the Avengers movies like the Kang Dynasty or Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. you know, that's coming out. Um, I could see him being involved with that. Um, the Guardians, I could see having a Disney Plus series or something like that, I think would be really awesome. And I'm excited by the characters they have in it and everything. You know, I was actually even excited to see that Cosmo was part of it. Cosmo and, you know. and, and maybe Quasar. Mm-hmm. Exactly, which is pretty awesome. I know. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a reference. And Howard oh. the Duck. Mm-hmm. Oh. You saw yeah, there you go. Well, playing. they've been talking. There was supposed to be a Howard the Duck series by Kevin Smith, you know, being created, but um, that got nixed. I think it was supposed to be on Hulu, and so. Oh yeah, that's right. I did think I, I did hear that. Too. And but yeah. it's it's interesting to think. You know, I definitely think. You know, I'm done with Gamora. I'm done with Drax. Um, I would. You know, I kept, had to keep on pinching myself that Nubilo was Karen Gillan because it's like that's Amy Pond. That's Amy yeah. Pond. Yeah. You know? She looks bigger. She, like oh. like Karen's just a really thin twig. Mm-hmm. But um but Nebula has like they probably weight, you know, serious weight her, to her. They had to have her work out, I'm sure, but you know. Some of it's yeah, I think they effects. might have added well the prosthetics and everything too. No, um, exactly. I like I the way they really they they really showed like her ability to like fix herself or get into situations where like she's damaged but she can still operate and mm-hmm. i mean they really they, they really showed that before that, i think yeah but not to this level i don't think so. oh no not to the level that oh, they yeah, did so this, this is terminator level yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely yeah no thank you that's that's good reference because you're right that was like liquid metal <laughs> uh, <laughs> and i am so glad peter did not end up with with uh gamora gamora i've no. been waiting to say that yes yeah, yeah. yes i thought that yeah was that would have been that would have been awkward, and and yeah, I'm glad they didn't go that route too. Um, I tell you what, I thought Peter was a goner. I thought for a second, I mean, when his face started bursting up, I thought, oh man, yeah, I th- 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 this is no return, right? Um, and then dum da 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 dum dum. Exactly. <laughs> then uh, Adam comes and saves the day. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, Peter's the one that they said at the end is going to return. 
uh, or at least Star-Lord is going to return. What that looks like, we don't know. Um, with uh, him being on Earth, Avengers seems like a possibility, although mm-hmm. how, what role he would have, like, what does he add to that team? Right. I mean, he's just human now. Yeah. He's just, yeah. He's just, he's just a guy with a Walkman, you know, like, <laughs> like, like what else? I mean, he's great, you know, and he, he, he comes to, I like the fact that, you know, he's, he's not the smartest guy, but yet his ideas and especially um, improvising, he manages to figure out ways to get out of these scenarios. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, to the point where it's like, yeah, I said we were going to get off the ship. We were, you know, and then the other team goes to rescue him and they're like, oh, he's off the ship. Damn it. Like, like he found a way. Like, it was a stupid way. Right. Like, he did it. <laughs> yeah. Not jumping <laughs> off a thousand foot in the air. No, exactly. it was actually perfect because the whole time he says, I'm not walking into a trap. It's going to be yeah. a stalemate. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and he he was that confident about it that he knew that he wouldn't, you know, that they're not going to get the better of him. He's gonna, He's prepared. That's why yes. he had group. And we thought him. he was full of it. Yeah. We thought he was just like, ah, that's just full of bravado. Come on, guys. Even when he Don't hands, you know who like, I am? I'm even when he hands Groot his, 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 his guns at one point, I didn't make the connection. I was like, I was like, why is he handling his guns? Anyway. Um, Do you think they'll make a Ravengers movie? No. I mean, it's it's possible. Maybe they had Stallone and everyone. I mean. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Anything is, is mm-hmm. possible. But with the... Uh, with the, everything that the, is going on with behind the scenes at the MCU and Disney, I mean, who knows what what is really good? But I do know that Chris Pratt shows that he can he can lead a movie. So if they did want to make a Star Lord movie, uh, I think that would be interesting, and I certainly would be there, and I would welcome any of these characters to see them again because I love them a lot. Um, and uh, and I, I'm yeah. I think this ended really well, about as end as well as could. So, as Jeff pointed out, if we never see them again, um, it'd be sad. But I understand that we'll always have these movies. But um, yeah, hopefully we will see them again in some form occasionally. So, um, well, very cool. It looks like uh, we're still waiting to see what uh, a lot of us really thought about it. As far as the soundtrack is awesome, of course. Um, and, uh, so, I mean, I don't know, are you guys ready? Are you guys prepared to rate it at all? Or is it still percolating for a lot of you? I can rate it. Uh, I well, can, rate I, it. Mike. I, okay. Out of one out of five, probably four and a half. Okay. The, the only half, I, the only half I pulled down from it truthfully is Adam Warlock for me. Yeah. Yeah. Ashley. You know, I don't think I've ever bowed out of one of these before, but just because like the film was a lot and there were some heavy things, I really still am chewing on it. So I, I don't feel like it would be fair to rate it right now. I'm still working through it. And again, not necessarily a bad thing. I can appreciate a film that makes me think. So um, I'll, I'll chew on that um, for the next couple days or so. And at the end of the summer, it'll be interesting to see where it ranks in terms well, of the other things I've seen. Uh, that's another thing. I mean, now that you've seen it, do you, how well do you think it's going to do? I think, I think I feel reassured that um, it's not going to be the number one movie. It's not going to yeah. be, it's, it's not going to be, um, Super Mario Brothers, and it's not going to probably win the summer. I think mm-hmm. just due to its heavier subject matter, which again is not a bad thing, but it's right. I think a little bit harder maybe to get general audiences to 
watch a heavy film that's going to make you feel a lot of things. So, um, yeah, I am very curious now to see where this all ends up. But um, well, we're seeing for Guardians and MCU fans. It'll be very interesting, actually, to see, like we talked about last week, how it's going to play the next two weeks before the yeah because i don't think any come anything really of note comes out in the next couple of weeks yeah. so i think spider-man's getting... the next big thing isn't yeah it? and that's at the end of the month right yeah so we got some time uh jeff are you gonna can you rate it at all uh sure i'll give it a i, w- I was thinking 10 point but if we're doing four uh i have a four or four or eight depending on whether you like yeah, I'm I'm kind of in that that four four and a half four two point five whatever you know I'm not quite willing to give it a five um, yet. I mean upon other viewings, although this one's going to be a tough one to watch again. Mm-hmm. It's like you can put in the first Guardians movie over and over and over again, yeah. even the second one, but this one is like mm, you got to kind of be in the mood. Uh, yeah, so. mm-hmm. I may actually wait till Disney Plus to watch this one again, just so I can kind of be like at home and like snuggling with my kitties while while watching it, because it is like it asks more of you as a viewer. So um, absolutely. And plus, I don't know that the people in my theater went to see me crying again, so I can do it from the comfort of my home. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they'll put a disclaimer in front of it about animal abuse or something. like yeah, that. Yeah, I feel no, like it's. it's I mean, they they didn't yet they didn't so far so i don't know if they no, but in, if that well, would make a difference because like when certain episodes like even the muppet show they put it just oh yeah 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 i see uh, when mm-hmm. it comes to like disney on plus. disney plus, on yeah. Disney plus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 um yeah. that'll be yeah. interesting I, they might do that i could see them doing that um well very cool i think uh like i said i'm giving it four four and a half or whatever so um but it was really fun to talk to you guys about it um and i know that there's a lot to unpack here so we'll still probably be talking about it for maybe months and years to come um so uh maybe we'll revisit it at some point but uh in the meantime uh we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and talk about something a little less controversial uh the rock and roll hall of fame inductees I love that Star Trek does what adventure programs do. It's fun characters going on adventures, wearing colorful outfits, but it tries to be more than that. It tries to say something more about humanity and tries to encourage us to be better people. I love that it gives a really positive and really hopeful view of the future. I like that you never know what you get with Trek, from Captain Pike to Picard to Captain Proton. I like the Ferengi. (laughs) Earth Station Trek, a show where we talk about Star Trek, from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. He joined by Michelle, and of course, it's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame season, <laughs> and we have the announcements here. Ready to take it away, Michelle? I am. Uh, so how do you think we did with our picks and everything? As far as our picks a few months ago, I can't remember who we picked. 
But you know, someday as, we'll write it down or something like <laughs> yeah, that. You know? If only there was somebody keeping a record of these sort of things. <laughs> yeah. If only we could go back and replay a tape or something. If you if you guys had quit firing your secretaries. Oh, I know. You know. <laughs> you know our secretaries come and go. They're like uh, you know drummers for Spinal Tap. For or Spinal something. Tap. <laughs> <laughs> They blow up. Exactly. <laughs> Again. Again. <laughs> anyway, as far as um, to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame picked, we did, they did pretty good. They did a pretty good job. Not perfect, but pretty good. In alphabetical order, we have Kate Bush. Cool. Were you Cheryl? surprised by that one? I was. I, I I wasn't surprised. I didn't think she was a hundred percent lock, but I thought she had a pretty good chance. And I thought maybe if she didn't get the votes, they'd go ahead and put her in musical excellence. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, yep. But I'm very glad that the hall recognized her um, as part of the ballot, and it's richly deserved. Uh, next, Cheryl Crow. Moving on. <laughs> Enough said about Cheryl Crow, I guess. Uh, yeah. Uh, and after Cheryl, we have Missy Elliott, the first uh, female hip-hop artist to be nominated, let alone inducted. Um, she is a towering figure in hip-hop. This is richly deserved, and uh, I think she will be... This is her... No. This is her, this was her first year of eligibility, yeah. right? It was her first. Um, no, no, no. Her, I think her first record came out in the early 90s. So it was... But, the, um, but this was her was first year on the ballot. First, first year nominated, not yeah. first year eligible. Right. Um, and I, th- I think with her, with her ballot, she will continue to support more deserving women. So I'm uh, very happy to see her there. Uh, after Missy, we have George Michael. Um, very happy to see his talent. And that recognized. was his first time also. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and after George Michael, uh, the artist that I understand got the most votes in rock hall history. And people are going to kind of go, huh, with this, but that is Willie Nelson. I think yeah, not Nelson. fan vote. No, he's not. She's not talking about fan no, vote. No, she's talking about not, votes. No, not yeah, fan. This is votes by the voting Committee. body. The thousand eleven hundred ish voting body. Um, who doesn't like Willie? Yeah, really. Who doesn't like Willie? Uh, he will probably be the headliner for the night. Um, everybody will be singing on the road again for the All Star Jam. Um, I hope they do an All Star Jam. If mm-hmm. if they do one, they did last year, so I hope they stay with that trend. Uh, after Willie Nelson, finally, the long national nightmare is over, Rage Against the Machine. Uh, I was a little surprised by that. I really, not based on anything hard data-wise, I just kind of had this feeling that people really love Chris Cornell, and it was Soundgarden's time, but nope. Mm-mm. It's Rage Against the Machine. Uh, and... The last one was a huge surprise. Um, people loved him. Uh, not too many people gave him a snowball's chance. Mm-mm. And it's it's usually um, about, you'll, you'll see in social media, maybe 15, 20 Rock Hall voters sharing their ballots. And they, 
a lot of them really had love for the spinners and they thought I might, they said I might be throwing away a vote, but I love the spinners, but that carried over that tiny sample carried over. Um, and Rubber so richly deserved. One of my, one of my favorite <laughs> songs ever. <laughs> How can you not like that song? Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy about that one. I am actually happy about it. I'm sad yeah. not to see uh, Cindy Lauper get in. And I was also sad not to see Warren Zevon. Second and third place votes of the band votes. uh, Yeah, yeah, were completely ignored. Well, we don't Uh, know. Only only one act from the fan vote got in, and that was George Michael. Yeah. Um, Who's the only inductee this year, at least as far as the main inductees, that is uh, no longer with us. mm -hmm. Uh, Well, there's one of the spinners left, right? Yes. Uh, There's there's one remaining one remaining Um, spinner. I'm also glad they're doing Willie Nelson before he, you know, Willie yeah. Nelson just celebrated his 90th birthday 90th last birthday. week. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I think it's, I think it's a great thing that he's in, mm-hmm. but, you know, I'm hoping, you know, you know, they just didn't do it. Oh, let's just give it to Willie because he's still with us type thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's deserved. Oh, definitely. And moving on to the various categories. Um, Musical excellence, Shaka Khan, they did not take her right from the ballot into musical excellence. They waited two years, um, which I, th- I think is a good move. If they if they put you in this right off the ballot like they did with Judas Priest, it really smacks of consolation prize. Mm-hmm. Very um, much so. So uh, it, as it was, I mean, she she was on the ballot with between her solo and her with Rufus, I think, like eight times or something. Like uh, that. This was her seventh time. Seven times. Seventh wow. time. Eight and, times a charm. And yeah. they need to they needed to get her in because she was kind of this glaring, obvious omission. And they needed they did put Mary J. Blige on a couple of years ago, but they kind of needed Shaka in place to credibly move on to. Uh, Mariah Carey. Um, I'm blanking out on the other R&B divas that are um, waiting in the Lauren wings. Hill um, waiting in the wings, um, so they can eventually move Beyonce on with too, that now. Such too. Yep. And after Shaka Khan, a name that a lot of people may not recognize. Um, if you listen to classic rock, you've heard him play. His name is Al Cooper uh, with a K. Uh, if you can hear in your mind, like a Rolling Stone uh, by Bob Dylan, uh, he played the organ. Um, he played French horn and keyboards on the Rolling Stones. You can't always get you want. That is just two of hundreds of records he's played on. He's played with The Who. He's played with Jimi Hendrix. He's played with Cream and Alice Cooper. And uh, He founded Blood, Sweat, and Tears, did one album with them uh, before they became big. Um He's one of those one of those names you may not know unless you read liner notes, but he's he's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what musical excellence was designed for, and it's a very very good choice. The next the, one, I was totally shocked he wasn't in already. Everybody <laughs> is, um, yeah. uh, and and people have been saying his name for years. Bernie Taupin is finally in. And I was I was like. What he didn't go in with Elton, you know, type thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you almost expected that. With yeah. and you know, because the Rock has been around almost for thirty years now, mm-hmm. and I'm shocked Bernie hasn't gotten in. Well, they fixed it. Yeah, <laughs> they fixed it. So I'm sure Elton will be on hand uh, to induct him, and it will be great. 
very happy about that. Uh, so we're going to forgive him for co-writing We Built the City. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> he has co-written with uh, artists other than Elton John. Uh, he co-wrote These Dreams uh, by heart. A lot of people don't know that. So he has a, a varied career. He's done some performing himself and um, very happy to see him in there. And the last one is a little bit controversial. Um, in terms of his career and what he did for R&B, soul music, it's um, there's no argument there. Um, unfortunately, this is one of those where there um, some things in their personal life kind of um, kind of mar it a little bit. That is Don Cornelius, the oh, Soul Train, uh, the host of of Soul Train. He created Soul Train, and he, he, it's interesting because yeah. for me, growing up every day, every Saturday at noon on Channel Five, they had. Uh, Soul Train to go up against American Bandstand because mm-hmm. American Bandstand was on ABC and yeah. Channel 5 had um, Soul Train. Yeah, and Soul Train. Um, oh, wait, hold on. The Soul Train. train. <laughs> uh, Soul Train, I think, did for R&B what American Bandstand did for um, for pop. Um, not only did it showcase culture, it helped make culture. Um, so on a professional level, Don Cornelius is a, isn't just an excellent choice. Um, he was convicted of domestic abuse charges. Um, so you have a domestic abuser going into a category that is named for a known, um, abuser in Ahmed Erdogan. Um, so it's appropriate. (sighs) Wow! Sorry. Uh, wow! Yeah, the uh, the optics are not superb. There. It is very difficult to find yeah. uh, people in the rock hall that have don't have something in their past. I mean, uh, yeah. some a lot of them are very problematic. So I mean, yeah. it comes. Unfortunately, it's just the nature of the beast, right? Yeah, I've never been one of those who said, "Oh, we need an all woman class." Um, I've I've never come out in favor of that, but I think for the next. Two, three years, I would like to see nothing but women in the Ahmed Erdogan category, mm. to be honest. Gotcha. That'd be awesome. Um, yeah. Um, there were so many people. They, the, the ballot was only 14 names, so I thought it would be a little smaller, and they went with um, the seven nominees. There's only one fewer name than last year that we've got 13 people, 13 acts going in. So that's tr- that's tremendous. I'm glad they're going for the big classes. I guess they didn't have room to put somebody else into Ahmed Erdogan. Um, no one to steal the thunder, but uh, there are some deserving women in this category. Um, and we've got three out of seven of the performers are women, but there's only one woman in in the category inductions. So again, we have a lot more men going in. So. Um, not wanting to reduce music to identity politics all the time, but uh, representation's important. And until the hall kind of kind of addresses it at least a little better than they have been, you got to keep talking about it. Of course. And um, I almost forgot. Uh, they have renamed the early influence category to musical influence, which I think is a better name for what they're doing with this category now. And uh, the first name is DJ Cool Herc, who is considered by many people to be the father of hip hop. He is the inventor of scratching. Almost um, 50 years of it. Yep. 50 years. We're celebrating 50 years of hip hop. 
Um, so he he is a great choice. And uh, the other name was just a complete wonderful surprise. Um, his he had a single in the singles category back in 2018 when they started the singles category, which thankfully seems to have gone by the wayside. People had given up on him. He's from the 60s. His name is Link Ray, and uh, his song "Rumble" uh, was one of the first rock and roll songs to be banned. Despite being an instrumental, it was not banned for lyrics. People were that scared of his guitar. So awesome. Mm-hmm. He's on the Pulp Fiction soundtrack, if you ever want to hear him. Yeah, he is. Uh, he has a strong influence on how people still play rock and roll guitar today. Oh, um, very much so. And he's and, not the Dick Dale that you hear on the, he's the, he's a different one. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah we need to get him in next. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Possibly the only indigenous inductee into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, so that was that was an injustice, um, a snub uh, addressed, and very good to see that. And uh, um, I've kind of tweeted in the past with his daughter, and uh, she is ecstatic. I, she was one of the first people I thought of, and she is definitely ecstatic. So very happy for the family as well. So... All in all, this is a tremendous class, and I think the ceremony is going to be uh, pretty tremendous, too. No one will be sober with Willie Nelson there. You can see awesome. the stage through the haze. the haze. Yeah, they don't need to bring out the smoke machine. <laughs> now, this one is in, is in Brooklyn, but they're uh, going to go back to Cleveland next year, I think. Correct? Um, they have... Um, have said that they are committed to doing Cleveland every other year. And then the alternate years, they want to travel more. Um, They haven't named all the cities. Um, They are doing some construction at the hall in Cleveland. Uh, I don't know what stage it's in right now. Um, So we'll have to see where they are next year. And, and uh, if, if the actual museum will be ready to handle the guests that would come. So um, when the is the induction ceremony? It is November 3rd, and we don't know who's doing the broadcast. Apparently, the Hall's media partnerships with uh, SiriusXM and HBO have come to an end. Oh, um, wow. So the, so the broadcast partner, um, my guess it'll be Apple because the uh, induction announcement was on Apple Music. Waiting to hear. Mm, interesting. Gotcha. And it's going to be at the Barclays Center again. At the Barclays Center, yeah. Cool. Very cool. Well, thank you as always, Michelle. And looking forward to seeing the ceremony and then who they're going to bring in for next, try to do for next year. Yep. Any favorites or predictions? Because I know you're Uh, (laughs) you're all into that. And I know who the, you know, you guys always look. So for next year, we, who's going to go in? You're already talking about next year. Haven't you made, haven't even ducked <laughs> yeah, them in? Yeah. We, all, we always do this. I mean, there's still speculation. Right now, the big speculation is uh, who's going to show up? Who's not going to show Is Kate going to show up? I mean, that's Kate a big hates question. traveling. She hates traveling. I, there was uh, one of the Rock Hall voters. She has been in radio for many, many years. She was instrumental in getting Rush inducted. She says it is a myth that Kate Bush is afraid to fly. Really? So, so Kate might come. Might. That would be that amazing. That would be, yeah. Yeah, that would be a tremendous feather in the hole's cap. And, yes, uh, it would. 
And then, you know, who's going to who's going to be the folks that they get to induct these folks? Yeah, those those announcements are still coming. So it's always fun to try to guess who's going to do the honors. A lot of people are hoping that uh, Big Boy from Outcast will induct Kate. Hmm. Um, I think it'd be a, a wonderful choice. But uh, next year, I just am... don't get the kids from Stranger Things. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, I mean, I know that that and that and, and you know, I don't want to dismiss the the fact that that was a big bump for her. Oh, I'm sure. But it was. I, I, there's a lot of people that are saying that that's why she's getting in this year, and I I hope that's not the only reason. Oh no, no. I don't think so. I would hope not. I mean, I, I think anything, it was just the catalyst for the voters to finally go, "Oh yeah, yeah." That's like um, saying the Go Go's only got in because the documentary they made for them. You know. Well, they they pretty much made that documentary because they were like, this is our testimonial as to yeah. why we should be in. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the director of that documentary is directing uh, Let the Canary Sing, which is Cindy Lauper's documentary. So Look out. next year, I'm imagining that Warren Zevon and Cindy will be back on the ballot. Uh, they sh- flat out should have gotten in this year. Mm-hmm. Um, other what than happened that, with we'll Dave see. Matthews? I don't know. Like he won strange. the fan vote one year and then and that was like three years gone. ago. He's not even on the ballot for the last couple of years. Nobody even talks about him. What happened? Why? Why is that the case? I have no idea. He must have <laughs> pissed somebody off. I, don't. <laughs> I mean, and that's pretty bad considering like, you know, a lot of people who are like, I'm not showing up. And I mean, like Todd Rundgren, like I'm not going to I'm I'm going to play in the same state the night before, but I'm not going to I'm not going to show up for your damn ceremony. Like, I mean, that was kind of crude. Yes, it was rude and rude. But um, it's typical so, for, for him, though. Oh, of course. I mean, yeah. I mean, again, nature of the beast. Right. I mean, you got yep. all these per- personalities. So, um, yeah. So that's that's the big question. Who's going to induct who? Who's going to show up? What are they going to play? Et cetera, et cetera. And that's the fun of it, too, I think. Because, man, if we could see Kate perform. Again, that would be that would be worth the whole thing. I mean, that would be worth watching the whole thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I think she'll come. I don't think she'll perform. Very interesting to see. But even just seeing her in person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think um, I think everybody on the performers list, um, George Michael, of course, accepted, um, will be there. I think so, so. As far as as far as next yeah. year's ballot, because we are starting to, I guess, we'll end with that. You already said you think Warren and and Cindy will be back. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody who's eligible next year that you think has a potential to go right in? They tweaked their elig elig easy for me to say eligibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why the white stripe showed up this year instead of next year. A lot of people are surprised that they didn't get in. I'm not. There's surprised. Th- there's plenty of time for them. Yeah, to be honest. Sure. Um, I think I they'll like show up again. Yeah. Um, I honestly. I apologize. Honestly, I'm not sure who. That's okay. We have if time. there is a big, uh, big name that's newly eligible, that'd be interesting. So, because yeah, it should be uh, uh, interesting. It is, it is interesting to see who gets in right away and who has to wait a few years. Mm-hmm. I mean, Weird sometimes Al the people Yankovic. that the, <laughs> the people that have to wait, <laughs> even that they're on the ballot and they have to go over and over and over again, it's just like it's crazy. Like you know. I mean, we talked several times about artists that didn't get in when they were right away, you know. Well, like David Bowie, right? David Bowie Queen, one. and Radiohead. Yeah. It's crazy. What, 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 what? Yeah. So, so the Rock Hall is crazy. I know yeah. that there's a lot of, like, blowback on a lot of these choices, and there's all sorts of opinions, but it is fun to talk about. 
So, I mean, regardless of what side of what is rock and roll and what isn't and what the, the, what the rock hall's doing and what they're not doing or what they should be doing and who they should be letting in or whatever. I mean, these are interesting conversations to have. And, uh, we like talking about it cause we like talking about music and a lot. And, and if all these people who, like, I know people who I was surprised. I know people who are my age that had no idea who Kate Bush was. And I, I mean, if, if this means that Kate Bush gets out to more people, then, that I say that's that's the that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Absolutely. Agreed. That's what I think a big part of what a Hall of Fame is for. Not just a rubber stamp who's famous, but to no. Yeah. I can name dozens of artists who I think should be in there who are now eligible but haven't even been nominated yet. Right. And I I'm not joking. When I say, you know, certain bands, and I'm not talking about Weird Al or the Monkees or stuff, that's that's fun stuff. But there's artists out there that should be in there that, you know, Warren Zevon included in that list because yeah. last year was his first year, you know, that, you know. He's going to get in. I mean, oh, if he's not, I think, if so. he, I I think, think so. yeah, I think if he doesn't get in, uh, I mean, he didn't get in this year. And obviously, if the fans or whatever, that the committee doesn't vote him. Or the body doesn't vote him. I think you know musical excellence. I mean, he's he's a candidate for that for sure. But uh, he's so influential uh, among musicians. He's a musician's musician, um, and when you know, you know. So, like, uh, I think, uh, yeah, I have no. I, Cindy, I'm not 100. percent I think she should be in, but I'm not 100 percent sure that she could get in. Like, she'll get in anytime soon. So, somebody actually brought up recently about Harry Chapin getting not being in the hall of fame mm. you know you know if jim croce's in why not harry chapin jim croce is not in he's not that's right i forgot that's another one <laughs> but there you go yeah <laughs> there you go roberta you know, flack exactly so there's tons yeah I, I thought that uh i know that um you know the guy who used to run the rock hall jan winter is that right yeah mm-hmm. uh who was who uh editor of uh rolling stone right for a long time well i know that he uh you know while he was over the rock hall there were certain acts that he didn't want to get in like the monkeys um and he kept that from happening carly simon was another one and mm-hmm. warren zevon is another one so uh we'll see if uh he he, he really he's there no more so right he's not there anymore mm-hmm. he probably still has a little bit of pull but not enough hopefully nope I mean, yeah, if Carly Simon went in, then... Oh, a lot of acts that he didn't like have gone in. Yeah. Rush, yeah. Kiss, Chicago, Carly Simon. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. That's See, good. Good stuff. As we like to say, watch this spot. We'll be talking yeah. about it here. <laughs> stick with us. Thank yep. you, Michelle, as always. Absolutely. Let's take a quick break, and we will be back in a moment to close up the show. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. I'm Drew Leiter. And I'm Cletus Jacobs. And we're inviting you to join us as we delve into the dawn of the DC. We'll be reviewing new titles such as The Unstoppable Doom Patrol, Shazam, Green Lantern, Titans, Justice Society of America, and more. We'll also be reviewing DC Television's final season of The Flash, Titans, and Doom Patrol. Join us every week on the Earth Station DCU Podcast. Part of the ESO Network. 
So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening and joining for us and hearing us, you know, gush about this movie. It was a ton of fun. And this is just the tip of the iceberg, as you found out last week when we did our summer movie reviews. We got a lot to go, folks. We totally got a lot to go. Just beginning. Oh, God, yes. So definitely, folks, if you get a chance, you know, definitely rate like us you know do the whatever you want to do with us we do appreciate you guys and thank you for joining us as always let's thank our crew because we appreciate them also jeff thank you as always my friend it was great having you on to panel yeah welcome back it's been too long i know it's like uh, i couldn't believe it when you tell me how long it's been so yeah this you guys are fun to hang out with oh thanks for having me oh thanks you want to promote your show classic conversations um yeah pretty much anywhere you probably listen to this podcast you can find classic conversations and uh just cool interviews with tv film folks and comedians and good stuff awesome and we will actually have a link to that up in our show notes which is awesome definitely check it out it's a fun show i i subscribe and listen every week so it's good yeah i do i like you i actually do like you Ashley, thank you so, so much, Sean. Oh, thank you. It's always a blast talking with you guys, especially about Marvel movies. So I know thanks. it was a chore tonight. I know it was thanks a chore. Thanks for letting me join. So even though I'm uh, battling a sore throat and a nasty cold, it's like, gosh darn it, I'm going to talk about Guardians anyway. So we'll you got three you weeks week to get off. healthy. Yep. You yes, before the next one. So. <laughs> So get healthy, young lady. Anything you want to promote or shout out about? Yeah, um, I wanted to uh, give a shout out. It kind of went along um, with some of the themes of this movie. But this weekend I was able to adopt a rescue cat from a local organization called Cattails. So I just wanted to give a shout out to them and organizations like them with volunteers and people that are helping um, rescue these animals and get them uh, new homes. The cat that we adopted, she had been rescued, was um, potentially going to get euthanized at a shelter, but um, she was rescued by this organization, and she's just the sweetest little cat. She's been sitting on my lap for pretty much all the podcasts. So, um, yeah, definitely um, I'll give a little peek for our YouTube viewers. This is Rosie. So she is the sweetest little thing. You're officially a cat video now, folks. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so the tag tag that in there. But oh, um so yeah, so that's a great way to give back if you can do it financially or adopting rescued animals. Um there's some really loving pets out there that need good homes and shout out thank you to the organizations that help match them with people that would like to bring home a pet. Awesome, awesome. And Mr. Mike, we made it through another one, my friend. We did, and as always, it's my pleasure. Anything you want to shout out about, sir? Uh, yeah, I got to give a big shout out to Chris Hamer and uh, his partner, Heather, for inviting uh, myself and Peter Cutler to the grand opening of Urban Pop Comic Company in Ackworth, Georgia, for Free Comic Day on Saturday. Uh, they had a bunch of people there. It was, it was crazy. It was always that the it's a small store, but it's really cool. And if you know Chris, it's got his personality all over it. Oh, uh, it's very much a, a got a, a art, artistic vibe to it. Uh, very. It's cool. also a gallery, um, isn't it? 
It's also, yeah, it's a lot of his artwork as well as other pers- uh, other artists uh, that he knows. Their artwork is hanging there. Uh, he's going to have exhibits there. Right now he's got an exhibit on um, Godzilla work. Like people have uh, uh, done God- uh, pictures of various pictures of Godzilla and he's got them on the wall for sale. Uh, so it's a, le- it's a legit, legit gato- gallery like that. Um, Ackworth is a hard, is, is far for me, a far drive for me. So it was, uh, but it was well worth it. Uh, hanging out with Chris, hanging out with Heather, getting to see the shop, getting to see uh, some friends that came to the shop. Thanks, Kirby, for stopping by. It was good to see you, um, as well as other creators. Uh, Eric and Lee from Amer- uh, About Time Comics was there. Also, I got to meet um, a, a guy who was actually in the Guardians movie. He actually did uh, mm. some featured background work. He played like eight characters. Um and his name is Michael Kosky, and uh, I think I'm pronouncing that right. And uh, he was really fun. He had some fun stories about the set as well as other work he's done in the Atlanta area. So that was kind of a nice thing to uh, maybe we'll see if we can get him on the show at some point. Because, uh, like I said, he had some great stories to tell. And, yeah, it was a good vibe all around. And that's what Free Comic Day is about. It's about uh, supporting your local comic shops. Most of them are just mom and pop places and uh you know doing what they can to survive and comic so when you go get free comics you should buy something as well so uh, i appreciate everybody who did come by and buy something very much so free comic book day is always a great great way to support your no it's not it is not (laughs) you get free stuff but it's all about supporting your comic shop am i supposed to buy something at 7-eleven on free slushy day too am i doing it wrong they can can handle it that's no big deal So it's awesome. Um, My shout out real quick. Judy and I have been watching more TV and we are very excited about the return of one of our favorites. We were watching Sweet Tooth and it has returned for season two and it is picked up right from season one. And it is just an amazing show. And, you know, and I'm not a big dystopian fan, but there's something about the show that is just awesome. It is. It's, you know. It's it's not the same universe as Last of Us or Walking Dead or shows like that. It's in some ways worse, and because the bad guys are human in this, and you know it, it has a lot of the same ties that the Guardians movie does. Actually. Oh, a yeah, lot of the yes, same themes. Oh, a lot of the, so. a lot of the same themes actually. Yeah, I hear I hear really good things about that show. It is good. It is really really good, and. On Netflix, folks, please check it out. I think we'll be doing an episode probably once, you know, things settle down and sometime later in the summer, we'll be taking a look at uh, Sweet Tooth. So I think it'll be a lot of fun. And if you get a chance, ties out soon to comics because Jeff Lemire did an amazing, amazing series. And that was for DC. So definitely check it out. It's a great and it's definitely not a superhero and it's not for kids at all. So Definitely recommend it, folks. And as always, thank you for listening to the Earth Station One podcast. Always remember, we couldn't do this without you. If you want to support the podcast, please check out our T Public store and get some really cool ESO Network swag. Also, remember, if you want to listen to the show before the rest of the world, why not join the ESO Network Patreon? For as little as a dollar a month, you could help support us here at Earth Station One. Check out the ESO Network on Patreon. Real simple, folks. Patreon.com slash ESO Network. We want to hear from you guys, as always. Please write us anytime at feedback at com. 
Remember, you could also find Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found. And now Earth Station One can also be found in video format. That's why we get to see these lovely faces. And you also get to watch us and everything on, on YouTube. You know, like and subscribe, as we say, like and subscribe and also ring the bell. So, you know, it's the best way to do it, as always, as we like to say, on behalf of myself, Mike Faber, of course, Michael Gordon, Ashley Pauls and Jeff Droskin. Thank you so, so much. And you know what? Thanks, folks, for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed going to the movies. There's a lot more to come and we will see you very, very soon. Episode 700 is on its way, folks. Peace. And we are done. Ciao, folks. Bye. You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Air Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our T Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.